Welcome to BSD Talk, number 45. It's Wednesday, May 17, 2006. In the news today, NetBSD just wanted to remind people that it is the end of life for the 1.6 release, which means no updates and no security patches, so it's time to move on. And speaking of NetBSD, we have an interview with a NetBSD developer, so here it is. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with NetBSD developer Mouse. So I want to thank you for coming on the show and maybe just give you a a minute to introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about what you do. Thank you for inviting me to speak. I've been a NetBSD developer, which means basically that I have commit access for, oh goodness, probably about a decade at this point. And I first got involved in it because at the time it was the only open source OS that ran on the hardware I was interested in and I've been I've never been a very active developer but I've committed a few little things and I've been involved in the BSD community for longer than that I've gone I go back as far as what 4.1c I think was the latest and greatest when I very first got involved with the BSDs so I've been with it for a while I guess one thing you've been doing is giving some talks at BSD CAN, and unfortunately I couldn't make it up to Canada this time. So maybe I can ask you some more general questions about BSD CAN, because uh, you were there last sure. year. How was it yes. this year compared to last year? Overall, how was the atmosphere there? Well, I don't have that much to compare it to. As compared to last year, it was basically the same, except a bit more familiar, basically as you'd expect. Like most conferences, I gather, to me, the biggest value was less in the formal talks and more in the meeting people in the hallways and such. But as I say, that's more or less normal for a technical conference. And the talks certainly were interesting enough. So I'm glad I went. I will go back next year if I can figure a way to manage it. Was there a pretty good mix of the different BSDs, or was there a lot of focus on one particular distribution? Um, my impression is that FreeBSD dominated, OpenBSD was second, and NetBSD was basically an also-ran. I'm not terribly happy about that, but until until they get more NetBSD papers or OpenBSD papers, I don't see what they have to do about it. Did you find that the committers for different projects spent a lot of time together at the social events? Mm, I didn't get that impression, but I wasn't looking for it either. So it's really hard for me to say. Of course, you tend to hang out with people you know, but that's true anywhere. You gave a speech or a talk uh, at this BSD can. Maybe you could give a very quick overview of what you talked about. What I spoke about was basically an SSH version 2 implementation that I've been working on for the past what, couple of years, something like that. And I just outlined what it was, what prompted me to do it, gave a page of advantages, reasons you might want to run it, a page of reasons you might not want to run it, and a very rough sketch of what my future directions, I expect my future directions to be for the project. And is this a project that people can use currently, or is it still pretty much build it yourself? 
Well, it's use-ready in the sense that it runs and it works, and I've been using it whenever I want to use SSH version 2 for most of a year at least. So I eat my own dog food. It's ready to use in that sense. But it's there are a couple of things that I think need to be added before I consider it sort of ready, for example, to consider as a replacement SSH implementation for one of the BSDs. And you've also um, been in the news in previous years for some other talks. Uh, one of interest in the past was your remote backup, and I didn't know if you could give us a maybe a, a quick update as to what you've done with that project. I haven't really done that much with it. I did install it on an, another machine for a job I was working on at the time, and as a result, I now have a minimal port to NetBSD 3.0, I think it was. I'd have to go check. But I haven't really done that much with it. I haven't made any significant progress on the things I want to do that I mentioned in my talk last year. All right. And are there any other pieces of software that you've been working on or worked on recently? Oh, goodness. <laughs> there are tons of bits of software I've worked on. Most of the stuff that I've been doing most recently, though, has been stuff for work and thus isn't really appropriate to talk about here, although there's one which is a piece of software for email. It's basically a way to take the load off your main mail server for unknown usernames. Really useful if you end up getting a lot of spam bounce blowback. And that's something I did for work, but I got their approval to release it to the world. And will that be released under a BSD license? I think I simply placed it in the public domain so that anyone can use it in any way they want. When will we be able to see that? I believe it's up for FTP right now. has been for oh, months at least. Let me see. I should be able to give you a URL if you'll hang on just a moment. Sure. This looks as though it may be an old version, but the, the version that's up for FTP at the moment appears to be the one in on FTP Rodents Montreal QCCA slash mouse slash hacks slash MailShim. As I say, that may be a slightly old version, but it looks like the best one that's up for FTP now. If I get a newer one up for FTP and move it, I'll make sure to leave a pointer in that directory pointing to the new place. Now, did you call it MailShim, S-H-I-M? Yes, because it's it's just a shim layer that sits in front of your real mail server and it turns away the unknown users, and then when it gets a valid user, it connects through to the real MTA and just passes protocol. So I don't have to worry about a lot of the things that make real MTAs complicated, like queuing and retries and such. So now maybe moving on to NetBSD specifically, I'd be curious mm -hmm. to hear why you chose NetBSD. You mentioned earlier that it ran on the hardware you were running, so maybe you could give us a sense of the different architectures that you do run. Well, yeah, the hardware I mentioned earlier was a Spark Station, probably an ELC or an SLC. And at the time, it was the only open source OS I could find that ran on the Spark. These days, the Spark is still my principal architecture. I do have a few i386 machines, and I've got a Sun 3 that's, those are the three architectures that are sort of in live everyday use. I do also have Mac PPC, Mac 68K, and Alpha, which I turn on every once in a while to build software on and make sure that it builds and runs correctly on those. It does wondrous reportability to be able to test on half a dozen different architectures like that. I've also got Next 68K and Vax that are sort of 
half in that half in half out that class. They're not really very useful, but I do every once in a while turn them on and try to do something with them. Eight different ports across six different CPU architectures. Now besides the need to find an operating system to work on the hardware that you had, how important was the licensing and the open source nature of the BSDs to you? The open source was a fairly important aspect to it. I've as I said, I got into the BSDs back with 4.1c, and up through 4.3 or so, I worked only with full source available, and then the place I was then working switched to Sun's, running Sun's operating system. This is SunOS 3.something, I think we started with, and a few years working with that made it very clear to me that I really, really wanted to have source code. So when I went looking for an OS to run on these Sparks, um, anything that didn't let me have the source was simply not in the running. And what do you run now on your desktops and servers that you control? Well, there are the machines that I control, but there are also the machines that I own. And because at work, I do run a few machines where I don't have as much freedom to pick and choose what I'm going to do as I do on my own machines. On my own machines, the ones I own that are strictly my house machines, it's all a rather archaic version of NetBSD that I've been hacking on on and off since then. It's based on NetBSD 1.4t. And on the machines at work, the ones that I run, it's usually NetBSD of some more recent stripe, 2.0, 3.0, something like that. And are you mostly command line, or do you also run a graphical environment? I do. I do normally run a graphical environment. On the machines on my desk are Spark stations, and I run X on them. But if you look at my screen, you will see very little but text and a couple of clocks. So even though it's technically running in a GUI, it's still basically I'm basically a command line person. Do you find a need to switch over to proprietary operating systems ever, perhaps for multimedia or other online stuff that's only available for proprietary operating systems? For my own machines, every once in a while, I've seen something that would make it convenient. For instance, I've been tempted to set up a Windows box to run Mist, and more recently, Argon. But so far, I haven't seen anything that's actually pushed me into doing it. I have on a couple of occasions set up basically isolated machines to run vendor OSs like like Sun running Solaris, for example, to verify that I do in fact have working hardware when I'm trying to port when I'm trying to build a NetBSD driver for a new piece of hardware. Then it's very nice to be able to run the vendor OS and say, okay, yes, I definitely have working hardware here. But that's really about it. If I can't do it without open source, then Generally speaking, I just don't do it. And what's your text editor of choice? A very old Gosling Emacs variant that I've been maintaining myself through the years. This would have started back in the 80s sometime, so quite a few years. And is the C programming language your preferred language, or do you also work in other languages? Well, preferred language in the sense that it's the one that I use most, yes. Basically, well, calling it C is technically a bit inaccurate because it's actually GCC and even that, GCC plus a couple of extensions I've hacked in. But it's basically C. But it's preferred only in that it's the one that I use most.
it's not the one I like best. That would be the Lisp that I used on the Lisp machines. At one point, I was working at a lab that had some Lisp machines. And if I had to pick my favorite programming environment, it would definitely be those. All right. Well, are there any other topics you'd like to cover today? Nothing really comes to mind. I could rant a bit about open source and why I like it, but I suspect that in, in this case it would be largely preaching to the choir, so I don't see much point. But I think that's about it. All right. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast today, and good luck with your work on NetBSD, and hopefully we'll see you next year at BSD Can. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it, and I do hope I shall be there. Thank you very much. Thank you for the conversation, the opportunity to speak. If you'd like to leave a comment on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and this has been BSD Talk number 45.